Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning. We have our main man here, the man of the hour himself, Velas from V for Velas, the show. Uh, you can catch Velas over on our Discord. If you are not in the Rogue News Discord, please email CJ at cj at roguenews.com, cj at roguenews.com, and he will send you the link. It keeps the best way to keep the trolls away. Make sure you join there. It's free to join, and we are constantly posting, and Velas does an awesome job. He puts on a master class uh, on the Discord, so make sure you guys check that out. Also, folks, check out our our, uh, our, um, paid, uh, our paid sponsors, MyCBDEdibles.com, MyCBDEdibles.com, for all your CBD edible goodness. And with that being said, Velas, CJ, good morning, gentlemen. What's going on? How are you guys? Good morning. Doing great, man. Doing great. Happy Happy Friday, and uh, looking forward to a weekend. Get a little rest. Ah, rest. There is no rest for those who are families. There's always something to do. <laughs> Somebody wants something somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Velas, there's lots going on, buddy. A uh, lot to cover. Where do you want to begin? What's on your uh, your count? What's on your radar? We got a we got a number of things today, and I'll uh, I don't want to say I'll be all over the place, folks, but we're we're going to hit uh, a number of topics. So let me let me roll into it. Um, next week, Friday on the thirtieth uh, of July, I will not have a show. Uh, I'll be back the week that follows, um, and we have no answers on the Nashville thermobaric explosion last December, nor the French OVH cloud from last March. And would someone please let Julian Assange out of prison? Um, <laughs> Mike Moore this morning over at True Pundit, he, he uh, kind of interesting. He played a clip from Noam Chomsky. Now, Chomsky's controversial. He's the well-known MIT linguist and social commentator. A lot of folks in intellectual circles like to quote from Chomsky without even really understanding where the guy was coming from. Um, Chomsky, if you really dig into his stuff, as a linguist, he's uh, always been fascinated a lot of his commentary about U.S. foreign policy and other things going on in the world. Um, he tends to focus on the way in which language and the subtleties between languages and countries uh, can be used to control people. But one of, and this was a recent interview Chomsky gave where he was talking about the importance of ridicule aimed at those in power, that when you look at control throughout history, 
the ability of those who've been oppressed to or or being influenced to fight back has been there. They just didn't have the tools or the understanding of, of how to do that. So case in point, uh, this week alone, the jokes about Bezos and his spaceship, I mean, we could we could run that for weeks. Um, as CJ alluded uh, on the hashtag Velas section of the Discord page, um, for a number of you listening, and I know I was trying to, to reach out to a couple of people to answer some questions on YouTube, um, do keep in mind uh, there are many, di- well, there's there's the Discord service, but there are many servers, if you will, pages that folks have. So I've had some people say, well, I'm on Discord and I can't find you. It's it's not like getting on a browser and just, and just looking to find our website. We have to send you an invite. And I know that CJ did a, a great job this week, even though he's on vacation. Um, getting what was it cj like 40 60 folks you added cj uh i i, I think he just left us dude cg cg went to get some coffee he, anyway he went to the bathroom <laughs> so, anyway, like, yeah, I, know I know cj said said the other day that he he there was a whole bunch of requests in the hopper and he approved a bunch of those so i know i know people have been getting getting added um the other thing too is on my section uh, it isn't just news and things I put out there. There are jokes. There are jokes, folks. Um, you know, beyond my economic uh, data and oil industry and rumors from Hollywood, I I am posting memes who are funny. So there's some humor out there. Um, the other thing is uh, the resources page on Discord. Uh, hashtag resources. Um, since we first got the Discord page up and running, there's a lot of tools out there. And for those of you who may not have checked out that section. Uh, worth taking a look at. Uh, there's options regarding the technology used, research uh, sites, resources you may want to save to your uh, browser. Um, case in point, this week I posted a single website that has search engines from around the world listed. So um, what do you call it? That's that's worth checking out. And the reason why I did that is, is back in my graduate school days, a lot of times when I was trying to find information, even using you know DuckDuckGo on on a Brave browser or or uh, Firefox or similar, wasn't enough. You know, I had to literally go to a server that that or a search engine in Poland or Switzerland uh, that has English capability um, to find things here in the United States. Where like even if I typed in the website, you'd like have to type in the website here manually in the United States to get it uh, to pull up. So anywho. Uh, sources like that and stuff are, are posted there. Do, go take a look. Um, and then on the narrative, we tend to run here on Rogue frequently about making sure that you do also go to the, to the Rogue News website, roguenews.com, and sign up for notifications from there. Um, the YouTube challenge. Um, one of the, the outfits I kind of keep an eye on periodically, they post some interesting stuff. There's a, there's a site on YouTube called MXR Plays. Uh, Mike X Ray Romeo plays, um, and there's uh, a couple on there, Henry and Jeannie, and they they do reviews of of all sorts of kind of odd stuff and things. And and I posted more detail on this uh, on the Velis section of Discord on Wednesday of twenty first. Um, you know they're they're as harmless as a stuffed animal, but uh, an overzealous YouTube system administrator demonetized fifty percent of their content about two weeks ago. And they've got two two million fans. I mean, we we tip our hat in their general direction. They've got two million fans, and they got demonetized because of a single system administrator. And there's really no appeals process either for them to follow. 
So that's another one of the reasons, whether it's Rogue News or other folks that have content on YouTube. I know Frank from Quite Frankly. Uh, it's another reason why Frank's got, you know, I don't know what. He's got seven, eight platforms he appears on, and, and um, he's basically removed himself from YouTube entirely. Um, uh, Balaj Guy, uh, my thanks to him. Uh, he's been posting on the Vela section some fascinating content concerning the criminal inmate system regarding folks that are in jail after the January 6th event. Um, also correlations with the number 509. Um, you all may want to, if you're on Discord, and if you're not on Discord, you should get on Discord. Um, go take a look at that when you get a chance. Uh, he's got some really good stuff out there. Um, Lithuania um, has is establishing a diplomatic embassy in Taiwan. Why does that matter? Uh, China spent years making countries cease recognition of Taiwan or sustain their embassies. Um, second, Lithuania stated when they did this that uh, they know what it means to be a small country trying to hold out against a major power on their borders. Um, third, Lithuania, like all the Baltic countries, has some amusing history with uh, banking and cyber activity, among other things. Oh, yeah. Uh, to me, purely conjecture, of course, but... Um, Lithuania and Taiwan could benefit from learning from one another about cybersecurity measures to protect themselves. And equally, Lithuania could be another, and I hate to use this overused term we've heard a lot in the news of late, but when it comes to measures and options Taiwan has, um, Lithuania could become another option for a dead man switch. It's been a long time since somebody has, has, and I mean decades, since somebody's established a new embassy in Taiwan. Usually embassies are closing, so it's kind of a notable item. Um, and on the head fake topic, which I bring up often, um, of late with the Jeff Epstein topic, we have more new books, more new disclosures, uh, more stories about girls, or more accurately, children, uh, more networks of enablers, etc. cetera. Uh, but however, you will notice that most of the media is running like a scalded animal from anything that focuses on money laundering, Les Wexner, universities used to launder money, uh, certain Middle Eastern intelligence agencies, and the list goes on. Um, you know, focusing on labs where things might have leaked or possible alternative medical options seems to be what we focus on when it comes to that other topic, but no one is looking into the sources of funding. Where did that money come from? Why did that money come from there? Again, I'm going to put something in the public eye that distracts you, irritates you, angers you, but there's a bigger story behind the scenes that's more, more hidden. Uh, speaking of which, uh, another head fake, the Pegasus software topic that came out this week, uh, supposedly an Israeli spy tool, um, who's one of the groups they were supposedly spying on, an organization I used to support at one time and no longer do, which is Amnesty International. Um, who runs Amnesty International? Well, you've got two narratives out there. The first is, is that Amnesty has been used by British Intel for years. And secondly, that Soros, through his charities, directs the organization on bigger areas where they focus. Now, what does all that mean? Um, well, if you have business interests around the world and some of your interests might be using child labor or have less than stellar practices, you may want to keep amnesty out of your hair. So having the ability to direct amnesty would be kind of handy, too, as a form of blackmail. You know, pay us or support this thing we want, and we won't talk about what you're doing in the Congo. So Israel wanted blackmail on an organization who's involved in blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> uh and boy black rifle coffee sure blew up on the tom uh, tarmac didn't they talk about media uh control 
Um, by the way, uh, Gerald Salente and his work, um, he referenced an organization called Shadow Statistics. They go by the, the name Shadow Stats. Uh, their data is showing that inflation right now might actually be closer to 14 percent. Um, that's certainly worth keeping in mind. Um, also on the resources section of Discord, uh, posted a link uh, this week about the LondonCenter.org. Um, this is the organization that was established by uh, Tony Schaefer. Tony Schaefer is the author of the book Operation Darkheart, which, among other things, focused on what was known as Operational Able Danger, uh, which was one of those software tools where we had detect detected, um, I think, four of the 9-11 hijackers quite some time prior to those attacks. Um, Tony now runs his own think tank on par with Stratfor, or Geopolitical Futures, and some of the others that are that are out there. Um, he's been speaking on a number of venues lately, including Frank. Quite frankly, he spoke on Frank's show this week. Um, it's worth catching uh, that program from Tuesday, the 20th of this week, if you get a chance, uh, because Schaefer was getting into a number of topics. And, of course, he's a former Intel person, so he's very good at, at looking into and getting to the bottom uh, of, again, backstories and things that are kind of more covered up. Uh, Thursday of this week, we had a major outage with Akamai Technologies, which affected FedEx, Costco, Amazon, a couple of airlines, 9-11 services on the East Coast. Um, the claim, of course, it was a service glitch, no hacking involved. That's a standard statement on the 3 by 5 card the FBI hands you. Um, Plus, I wouldn't doubt that not to mention that their bankers, who most probably are BlackRock uh, and board of directors, would appreciate not saying it was hacking because then they've got to go do something about it or there's liability issues. So why am I, uh, why am I noting this? Well, there was another provider, uh, internet network provider called Fastly, who's smaller than Akamai. Uh, they had an outage last week. And then remember my comment last week about the massive rise in notifications from Homeland Security's CISA organization, which is their uh, cybersecurity group. Um, also, uh, the FBI's InfraGuard organization, a couple of others. Uh, just last week, I had noted that there had been a massive surge by both organizations and others uh, about um, possible increases in, in uh hacking attempts, as well as uh, patches and other things that organizations should be deploying into their you know, computer systems. And again, this most recent uh, event from yesterday, that was a lot of supply chain stuff that was impacted. We've been talking about that on, on Rogue quite a bit. Um, also, speaking of those notifications, uh, this week, uh, Homeland Security warned oil and gas operators uh, with a separate set of notifications uh, to double-check their security remediations and report any extortion attempts against those firms to the FBI and CISA. Um, the first thing is kind of funny to me because it's like that industry is pretty aware of the threats that are out there. It's not like folks are sitting in their boardrooms saying, geez, that sounds good because Homeland said something to us. We should probably look into that. Um, I also find the timing suspicious because, drumroll, then Wednesday of this week, Saudi Arabia's state oil company, Aramco, was hacked with ransomware. Uh, and then there were other articles that came out this week in the private equity space saying that there's been a massive increase in funding of startups who fight hackers and manage uh, security work. Uh, buyer beware on that topic, folks, because most of those foam, new firms, in my opinion, uh, will fail uh, for many reasons. Uh, some are trying to take advantage of the funding surge with no real long-term plan, in my opinion. Um, others are trying to overwork the handful of security folks they've got on staff 
to, uh, you know, and this is, this is where the term Beltway Bandits comes from in Washington, D.C., because you start a business, you're a small business set aside, which means you're granted certain privileges by the government to win government work. You build up what's called a book of business where you've got one, two, and three-year um, length engagements that you're delivering, and then you sell the book to a bigger, a bigger corporation. And then the owners of the firm get paid out and then rinse and repeat. You start all over and create another firm. This, to me, is no different what's going on here. Um, there are a number of industry site, uh, sites that are out there, folks, where notifications are often sent out about security threats, uh, not the least of which is the vendors themselves. They'll send out a software update and say it's urgent, but then when you read the notes that come along with it, the release notes, it's, as it's called, or the release documentation, um, as you read through that material, you'll you'll sometimes find okay, the real reason why they're releasing this is is because there's a vulnerability or what have you. Um, so a lot of private sector organizations, at least, they know to update their systems. They don't need the government getting involved. I mean, the government could come in handy sometimes as a clearinghouse to say, okay, well, on this one particular, usually after the fact. Uh, it's kind of to what I said last week. You know, they're really good after the fact saying, okay, here's a summary of what happened, the various players. We've had some chance to study this or whatever. But when the government's trying to be proactive, it's always a head scratcher because it's like, uh, why? <laughs> I mean, the, the corporations and the other security organizations who exist are notifying these firms on a regular basis. There's only one reason why the government starts being this vocal about it, and that's for optics. Um, Crazy Days and Nights, uh, the site that deals with a lot of the the rumors out in Hollywood and stuff, this one kind of caught my attention. Uh, and I quote, uh, the wealthy farmer has always had partnerships with drug companies. He doesn't advertise them, but they're actively hidden. Uh, or they're not actively hidden. What is hidden, though, is he's getting a percentage of every shot uh, given of the AstraZeneca vaccine manufactured in India. He gets 50 cents a shot for the first 100 million shots, and then about 10 times that after the first 100 million shots. And the reveal on that one was Bill Gates. Now, whether or not that's true, who knows, but it's certainly plausible. And then I've got some an interesting tidbit about AstraZeneca a little later on. Uh, speaking of Pharma V, you mentioned yesterday about the good people at Johnson & Johnson and the baby powder uh, item. For some of you who may not have picked up on that, uh, Johnson & Johnson may file bankruptcy uh, because of the settlement with the, with the, uh, the, the baby powder matter that they were oh that is that is that's good news well and you know <laughs> a couple things about that not to come to the defense of big pharma um but number one remember johnson and johnson's coof uh shot is an actual vaccine it's not gene therapy so it's no wonder that due to the new variant discussions that are all over the media right now uh the argument is being made that uh because with with that at being an actual vaccine, one shot and you're done. So now the argument that's that's filtering out there is as well, uh, due to the new variant, you're going to have to get another another new shot from J and J. It may be a vaccine, not gene therapy, but but you know even if you have the J and J shot, you're going to have to go back. Um, and then on the bankruptcy topic, you know uh, it does make make one wonder whether or not some of that coof money uh, that they're getting for all those shots has to be protected. Um, Switching gears yet again, um, I know many of you on the show uh, are folks of deep faith, um, and that's an important part of your life. Uh, and I know that for many of you, you feel that your faith or, or faiths of those you care about are being attacked in every direction. Would point out on the following thing I'm about to bring up, that this, 
there is an opportunity here for us to reach out to those out there that are different than us, but with whom we have common ground. And for my, uh, my friends in the Islamic faith, there are five pillars of their faith, which are the, the key tenets of their religion, which include charitable works, observance of Ramadan, and so on. One of those is, is that at least once in their life, they are to attend the spiritual Hajj to Mecca uh, and touch the black rock of the Kaaba. Um, thanks to the Kuf, there's now a literal lottery for the world's Muslim followers to determine if you can attend the Hajj. So now the globalists have decided that adherents of the Muslim faith cannot fulfill the Hajj until they say so. Uh, even the Daily Mail's article about this was describing it in terms of the Willy Wonka golden ticket. Um, there were only 60,000 people out of about a billion followers in the world. And to me, that's messing with fire. Uh, so I think any anybody of faith kind of needs to raise an eyebrow at that. Um, I posted on the Discord site on uh, Sunday, uh, July 18th, uh, a story with a relink to Mike Wallace of 60 Minutes in 1976, um, talking about the national reaction to swine flu that was going on that year. It was worth noting because after 4,000 adverse reactions, uh, inoculations were stopped uh, to study them further. And of course, to understand how many reactions people are having to the current uh, options, uh, is is hard to say. Hey, Velas, real quick. Yeah. Did you hear about the latest report out of Israel where they're only showing maybe even less than 30% efficacy in COVID with the Pfizer shot? Yes, and um, I would also offer that from the data Mike Moore has, and he's he's provided some specific documentation through his work and on his site. And again, purely conjecture folks don't have the facts to back this up. Um, can't stress that enough. That said, there is a prevailing um, there's a prevailing idea, a prevailing assessment right now that of any of the shot options, that they are about twenty to thirty percent effective. And I hate to say this, but I mean, the, one of the things that really raised a lot of eyebrows was when this all first started. Maybe it was for public relations and to calm people. Who knows? But a lot of the the U.S. government agencies, at least, as well as others around the world and the pharmaceutical firms themselves were saying that they were uh, 90, 95% effective, 88% effective. Um, flu shots aren't that effective. Flu shots are something Correct. like 60, 65% effective. So the other thing, too, is, is this was a fast prototype. Again, trying to, it's a very emotional topic and with good reason, but, but just looking at it, I use the word scientifically loosely, but but looking at it scientifically, number one, you don't have that level of of effectiveness anyway with most most vaccines, and the second, or or for this matter, gene therapies, and then the second half of that is is, is uh, you know it was fast prototyped, so it's it would take it would take additional you know to use the language of the industry, it would take additional iterations to yep. to work through both its effectiveness as well as the challenges, which is a whole other uh, topic. Um, I discussed microgrids last week, and one of the firms I mentioned, Ineo, who's out of Austria, and they're part of, um, they're a partner of the, or they own another uh, generating company called Waukesha out of uh, uh, Wisconsin, town by the same name. Uh, these are the companies that I mentioned manage the auxiliary generators for both disaster recovery and microgrids. You can fire these up if you've got an outage or if it's a peak period of operation in the in the commentary I gave a couple of weeks ago 
Um, let's say you got a couple of factories, you know, manufacturing stuff in Iowa or what have you. If they're all geographically near each other, they can run their generators and kind of share power. And then as the day goes on and the cost of power, you know, drops, they can go back on the grid at a later time. Um, many of these companies are now moving into hydrogen, which is a topic I've covered a couple of times on the show. So um, there's a number of moves out there for a number of industrial applications for hydrogen use and hydrogen production, which is equally important. Uh, and also General Electric uh, in their generating division, they're also trying to move into uh, hydrogen power. So there's, there's a couple, couple of elements to that. Number one is the importance and the growth of microgrids, especially as we deal with various infrastructure problems across the United States and our ever popular topic of, of you know, <laughs> will we be able to keep most of our power grids up before the year ends? Um, but also, you know, uh, practical uses of hydrogen and options for investing and things like that. Um, victories are forthcoming. Um, I tried to dig into something that, that I know may sound a bit, a bit, uh, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's, very intuitive. I started looking at the financials of Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and a couple of the other pharmaceutical companies. And in a word, where's the revenue? I'm not seeing it. That seems rather odd because, you know, people can, well, the shot is free. This, that, and the other. It's free because the government is subsidizing it. The government's paying for it at some point, And you got to know this at some point, the public will have to pay for um, follow on, boosters and so on. Now, I'm sure the money's there somewhere, and it may even be deferred by the government. And this is why I, I need to go out and get off my bacon here and go dig into um, Operation Warp Speed and study a bit more of what was in that legislation. This goes to the topic I'm pretty sure we covered prior about the fact that, you know, you can't sue the pharmaceutical firms, but there is an appeals process through the government. Um, you, you sign this heavy NDA and then, and then you keep your mouth shut about, about what you were paid. Um, the couple of elements here about this too, is you got to follow the patents. That's a key part of this, uh, case in point. Yep. We know, we know Mr. Fauci has patents with Moderna, which is a, a violent conflict of interest. But when it comes to AstraZeneca, who I mentioned a little, a little moment ago, here's something interesting. YouTube, our, our lovely broadcaster, uh, is owned by Google. Google is one of several firms who are seeking to, and have been to expand telemedicine and the use of technology in medicine delivery. I even saw this when I was working in Silicon Valley back in 2014. I heard folks with the firm I was working with that this was something very keen for them, and they were pumping a lot of effort into that. The Jenner Institute, no relation to Bruce or Caitlyn Jenner, the Jenner Institute is the official developer of the drug for AstraZeneca, but the actual patents and royalties go to a private company called Vasatech. And who funded Vasatech? Google Ventures, as well as the British and Chinese governments in the case of the latter through a company called Fosun Pharma. Now, Vasatech told its investors, and I quote, recently, the COVID-19 shot will most likely become an annual vaccine like the seasonal flu vaccine, yep. which presents opportunities for them financially. Now, AstraZeneca has said they seek to make no money off the drug. However, that was a limited time promise, and they can revoke that at any time. So coming full circle, I guess you could say or at least understand that this adds to 
questions being asked about why is it anytime somebody posts anything on YouTube on this topic, it seems to go down the memory hole. And I assure you, the more you dig into um, any of the drugs that are out there, it could be a tetanus shot. In a lot of cases, because the costs of producing drugs are so expensive, I've, as I've mentioned on prior shows, I used to work with some insurance industry executives and others. And I hate to say it, this is one of the reasons why a lot of these firms have operated for years in Africa is because it reduced their liability uh, and it reduced their expense of working up various drugs depending on yellow fever or whatever it might be. So in a lot of cases, what these firms will do is um, they will work with a subcontracting partner company. And that's where this whole Vasatech AstraZeneca thing comes into being. And many of the big pharma firms do this. Uh, they've all got partner firms. And that's, that's where now we're, we're stepping into the land of, of Polly from the Amazing Polly and Mike Mora. And I, I mentioned them simply as I have many times because they do a lot of very, very in-depth research. Polly has you know her PowerPoints and stuff, which are always very, very good. And she's, she's had a show before that I caught earlier this year where I believe she was talking about a pharmaceutical firm operating in Canada where when you look at all of these partners, I mean, it, it looks like a New York subway map. I mean, it's just, God, everybody's involved. All this private equity is involved. But you tend to keep coming back to a handful of private equity firms. You tend to keep coming back to a couple of high-profile people uh, in the medical space who lend their name and their credibility, uh, i.e. the hearings this week, uh, to that topic. So moving into victories uh, in the school, uh, the area of our schools, uh, there's a movie series out there called God is Not Dead. Uh, the next installment of that series is going to cover several families who are homeschooling their kids and review uh, the degree of government oversight that they've had to kind of battle. Um, would like to remind everybody that since March of 2020, uh, millions of American kids have been pulled out of public schools across the country. That's not just a, you know, conservative kind of thing. And um, this has lended itself to both families who who teach their kids at home or have kind of a group situation where you have one set of parents who are really good at, at home education and then you pay them and they, they teach your kids. Now, traditionally, uh, even in my part of the country, as long as you met the state requirements and your kids were still passing um, tests and things, you were, you were good to go. Uh, but there's since this surge of parents moving their kids into private education or home education, there's been some increase uh, in government oversight. So this movie series will help to kind of expose and cover uh, what that has been. Uh, Governor DeSantos in Florida uh, stated this week that uh, they're not going to force school kids in that state to wear masks to attend classes. Um, un you know, compared, unfortunately, to our friends in, in California. Um, this also now means from a scientific study standpoint, we have a control uh, where we could compare the kids in Florida and how they're doing to other states. And I, you know, wonder what that data will tell us. Um, in the medical uh, realm, uh, Mary Catherine Ham is with actionable data about the COOF. I've had some people come to me recently say, okay, seriously, but do you, do you have something, uh, you know, do you have information for me? Tell us on some, yeah, go ahead. Did you, did you hear about the, uh, the 45,000 supposedly that have, uh, been, killed or they, they they died after taking the the jab i saw that yeah and that's that and again think, folks mm -hmm. go ahead Steve. and i think it was the uh was it america's frontline doctors a nonprofit group has filed 
a lawsuit against the federal government to stop the jabs from recurring, any sort of jabbing mandate. On top of that, they have a, a an insider from the pharmaceutical industry that, that will be testifying under uh, uh, you know under the threat of perjury under the you know uh, right. you know right. to, to go ahead and, and to disclose all this data it's pretty interesting because as you were talking I just like you know googled you know just you know uh, deaths from the jab of course I used the V word right right and um, and it's amazing I'm going through the Rolodex just rolling and of course you can't pull this crap on Google so I went on my brave browser running uh, the the quant search engine or duckduckgo. And that's the only way to find anything these days. Google's a friggin' joke. It's a marketing thing. And uh, so I'm scrolling. It's like 26 dead in Norway, 29 dead here, 40 dead there, 50 dead there, 100 dead there, second person dead. It dead, 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 dead. I'm like, this is pretty alarming, man. Um, it is. And again, I, I, you know, it's hard to say play the devil's advocate. Yeah. After having worked with defense, when something like this happens, and I know it's hard to say, uh, it's where everybody's got to check their egos at the door. It's like you, you've got something that very obviously looks like something, but you've you've got to dig into it. Do we have pre-existing conditions? Uh, the topic that no one wants to touch with a ten-foot pole. If if you've got a bit of a weight problem, we we know for certain with this particular illness that that is going to be uh, exacerbated. Um. There's a number of other factors, but that's why filing these these Freedom of Information Act requests and similar so is so critical, and and it creates kind of a weird legal quandary because um, there are federal judges that are authorized under the Warp Speed Project to review cases where people say they have harm, and harm can range from anything from I've got a recurrent rash that won't go away for six months to we have a fatality, but. Loosely put, the results of those hearings, and when people get paid, because there was a fund of money put aside for, for possible harm, you can't sue the pharmaceutical firms for this anything produced on this program. But you can get paid, little, people are less aware of this, you can get paid if you go through this, this federal court case system. But then it begs the question, this isn't a national security matter. So if I file a Freedom of Information Act request and say, keep the names out of it, but give me the numbers, well, will they respond or not? We don't know. But these hearings and other things like it will add to that. Um, the other thing, uh, too, is, is that, as, C, as uh, V said, some of these hearings we've seen uh, to certain topics, you have to keep in mind that um, people speaking before Congress is one thing. But if you're sworn in, I hereby swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, et cetera, that's a different matter. And that's kind of what we're dealing with here is Dr. F and others have spoken to Congress before, but getting them to be sworn in is another matter, which immediately right there begs the question. And yeah, you've always got the problem of a perjury trap and some lawyer trying to mess with you and all that. But especially given the severity of what we're dealing with and the importance of what we're dealing with, um, having these people sworn in is critical. So having whistleblowers sworn in uh, is critical as well. Um, and as as I was alluding to, there there is a large body of work out there. I, as I was saying earlier, I've had people ask me and say, "Well, do you have something off off of a website that isn't like some kind of prepper prepper farming site for people living in Upper Montana?" Um, there is content out there, but it goes back to my YouTube comment that it's at times hard to find. 
because you, the videos and things on certain kinds of media sites are just very difficult to find. But for instance, Frank on his Discord page, uh, which is different than ours, um, he has a hashtag uh, Vax section where folks have posted uh, a ton of content. Uh, there's a lot of content coming out of certain countries in Asia, so you got to click the button to, to translate it and so on. But the data is building. Um, what the data tells us is a different matter, but but we're, we're getting some traction there and we're getting some better visibility. And much like the swine flu thing back in 1976, if, if it has to be halted for a period of time to get the, to get the challenges out and the stakes out with, with the drugs, that's one thing. If we've got a deeper problem, uh, then we need, we need to get into that. In the victories in the legal universe, uh, Larry Elder is back on the ballot in California for governor. Um, my point is not about whether or not he wins. My point is, is that they tried very hard to keep him off the ballot, uh, and he didn't back down, uh, as, as we've often talked about. And uh, the judge agreed that that keeping him off the ballot was unwarranted, so Larry is back on, on the ballot. Um, and you got to know the FBI's got an even bigger public relations problem when he, even uh, liberal news organizations are reporting that the bogus kidnapping of Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, um, is more and more looking like it was purely a media event. I mean, to boil it down, was anyone involved in her attempted kidnapping who was not an FBI agent or an FBI <laughs> informant? Anybody involved in the uh, in the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping who is not an FBI agent, please stand up. Right. <laughs> I mean, bought, paid for, sold, and planned by the I FBI. mean, the, one of the guys, the previous night, he was out in a swingers party, and then he beat up his wife and whatnot. Yes. <laughs> These people are sick, man. Yeah, and it's that that particular situation is just God. I mean, it's not like he got a speeding ticket and said, "Hey, I'm an FBI agent. Let me loose." I mean, it's it's and it's not even the lifestyle choice. That's not the issue. The issue is put putting your wife in a hospital, and then depending on which news source you look at, we wouldn't have even known what his role was if it hadn't been for him being violent against his wife. And then when he was charged, suddenly somebody said, "Hey, wait a minute. Did you notice that this guy was involved?" In the Gretchen Whitmer matter, um, in the category of other, um, in the in the happy science category, uh, Purdue University has developed a white paint that reflects ninety eight percent of light, making it very attractive for use on buildings and similar to reduce the cost of air conditioning. Oh, nice. um, they're exploring right now different ways in which this this material can be used, and uh, our thanks to the pervasiveness of folks doing their own research, providing alternative news sites, and the list goes on. Uh, because case in point, among many topics, not just the one we just covered, um, but the rebranding of ISIS in the Middle East, um, thanks to to you know hobbyist researchers or amateur researchers or alternative you know media folks, uh, it's stunning to see people in suits giving interviews to foreign media about their operations in Syria when just a few years ago uh, they had kafayas around their neck and were driving trucks with money to pay off four hired jihadis. Yep. So again, another media event being exposed. And again, to paraphrase something I said last week, for for many of the different factions in the globalist world, this is a problem. Now I'm I'm as jaded as everybody else about well, what does that mean? Will that actually come up with anything uh, meaningful or substantive that is to our benefit? The only thing I can say about that is this, and it's what I said last week. For the globalist community, it's like this giant dam where they hold back all of the stuff they're doing behind the scenes, just as springing leaks everywhere. And it, it goes to V and I joking last week about the fact that uh, 
um, you know, the only way to distract the public with all of the various revelations, and I, I include but not limited to the uh, investigations in certain U.S. states about, about the voting matter and, and the events of last November. Uh, it was just uh, released yesterday. I forget the U.S. state. I think it was Pennsylvania. Yeah. Has, has said that they're decertifying uh, Dominion uh, as machines. So for the folks in the globalist community right now, the, the dam is just springing leaks everywhere. And fixing all of those leaks is a problem. So you got to come up with something big enough to distract the public. So that's where V and I last week were joking about, here come the UFOs. <laughs> please please check the manufacturer's label on the UFO to make sure it was not I, made I, I think that, that plan, because the, 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 uh, the deep state is run by such, some of the most inept idiots. I mean, all the pros are either, are either retired or dead. And uh, so the 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 C team that's running uh, Deep State Incorporated, they realize that they can't pull off this uh, alien invasion that they were hoping for. So that that that, that that's starting to fizzle out real quick. <laughs> the other the other thing too, folks, I'd offer is is uh, you know many many years ago when I was in grad school and was part of my focus academically was a minor in human rights uh, violations and. I, this was God last fall. I mentioned the reason why that was part of our academic program was, is the program I was in was taught by Air Force Intelligence. It was an international affairs program uh, sponsored by Air Force Intelligence. And one of the areas of concentration was human rights. And the reason for human rights, as I, I kind of boiled it down a number of weeks ago, was if I've got a hardcore right-wing government, I have repression and possibly death squads because they need to keep the economy running. Uh, they just want to make sure that they remain in control. Uh, if I've got a left-wing government, it's what we had in Serbia and Bosnia back in the 90s, where it's just massive massive human rights violations of people being killed. Uh, but it's always about the control. One of the things I came across, and it's a, a topic that's been uh, discussed ad nauseum over the years, but um, when it came to the Nuremberg trials, um, the U.S. investigator or prosecutor, I forget which, he... Uh, I read I read a write up that he had had produced a few years after those events had passed, and he said one of the things that always struck him was that many of the people, regardless of the caricatures of um, a number of the high profile uh, Nazis on on trial that we saw from uh, newsreels and and stories we see on TV and so on, whether it's Goering or others, but if you look at a lot of the other folks behind the scenes who were also on trial. His comment was, these were some of the, the smartest, sharpest people in German society in the 1930s. These were industrialists, academics, legal scholars, and all the rest. And they were superb, much like some of the things we're dealing with right now. They were superb at articulating intellectually their points and their arguments about why they did what they did or the things that they, they put in motion to create a better society. But the comment he made was, as he said, the one consistency I found was is all of them were consistently lacking in any form of moral empathy. Yeah. It just it was the software, the software wasn't even there. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the they challenge. They were all psychopaths. Of a fashion. Yeah. That's that's the challenge we face here. They were on that, that spectrum. And I've got a I've got a clip, not today, I'll have it on a on a future show, but there's a there's a clip again from uh, the science fiction show I used before Babylon five, where there's, there's an individual where, where my narrative about this clip is, is it's, it's basically, 
uh, a globalist seeks redemption. It's it's a, a character in the program from Earth's past uh, shows up, and at the end of the episode, it's revealed who he really was. And there's a scene in there where he's explaining to one of the main characters, I, I did things. I did terrible things in those years in Earth's history because I believed I was right and the world was wrong and that I was chosen. And so the, the point of it being that one of those, those races that had been around for billions of years like took him from Earth and, and used him for the many hundred years that followed to, to aid their efforts to determine whether or not certain races were ready for their next level of, of evolution, if you will. But that comment about, I did things, I did terrible things because I, I thought I was right and the world was wrong. Um, Babylon 5 hobo sermons. Um, it, it reminds me of a lot of these people. They're so insulated. Uh, it reminds me of some of the executives we had working for us in Washington, D.C., where, uh, again, I've said this on other shows, we had folks who came in that were phenomenal. And some of the business partners would say, hey, this is a great person. We should bring them on board. And some of the other execs would say, um, no, no, this, the, you guys, you don't understand. This person's been in the, in the, uh, they've been in the, the executive suite too long. They've been mm-hmm. surrounded by people that are constantly telling them that, uh, well, that was fabulous what you did, sir. I had people working for me that would flat out uh, apologize and say, I haven't, I haven't written my own emails in 10, 15 years. Can you type? Can you type it up for me? I've got I've got staff that manage that. I had I had executives who I had worked for the firms for whom they had once been managing as a consultant. Yeah, and had to explain to them: Are you aware that during this period of time at your firm, when you were there and I was there, this thing happened? No, it's like yeah, because you're you're three levels, four levels isolated. And to oversimplify, it's the old rule about unintended consequences that. So many of these these folks at World Economic Forum and others that are are uh, wanting to tinker with things, it's it's like you know you should just I mean, leave them leave the machine alone. Yeah, exactly, and that's the problem. It, you know, it, this is something that you find in bureaucracies such as that are so prevalent here uh, in the U.S. and Europe, UK. These are guys who've never been out in the field. These are guys who've never really created something from scratch. These are guys who've been in the system for so damn long. They're so divorced from reality they're so divorced to the mechanisms they're so divorced to the modalities of what what it need what you know what's needed to make a, a an organization uh, a state a, a country function it's unbelievable man it is and Ronan returns to your your comment about the project veritas thing and and the people at the top not getting exposed um i go back to what the zeller brothers uh, who are the, the New Jersey investigators who appear on Frank uh, Frank's show and quite frankly, periodically. Uh, I, I mentioned this on, a, on another episode of Rogue that they said something very powerful, very, very hard to stomach in some ways. Um, they brought up a legal case that, that uh, I've always been very keen about, which is what happened to the University of Pennsylvania with, with um, Sandusky and, and some of what occurred there. Oh, yeah. And they referenced uh, they referenced the first season of the TV show uh, True Detective, where Matthew oh, yeah. McConaughey played one yep. of the you know probably still in my opinion probably one of the best acting jobs by by McConaughey. Um, but they said you know they had a lot of people that they know uh, complaining to them, and people uh, complained to I can't remember if it was HBO or or who produced that program, but um, 
saying, I can't believe this is how you ended it. You know, that they, they nailed the guy that was, was finding the kids that were being abused, but the, the senior leaders, like nothing happened to them. And their comment was, but, but that unfortunately is exactly how that often tends to go. Yep. And it, and it's, it's part of the challenge that we all face as we fight these things is, is that yes, there's a point at which prosecution is not going to go any further. Again, it's like the, uh, the comment about, about Kislein. The attention is on these children. They'll, they'll be described as young women, but that's a bunch of crap. Uh, these children that were abused. But equally, the, the, the part that isn't getting the airtime it deserves, which is why the alternative community is so important, is, but where was the money coming from? Where did it go? Who laundered it? Which universities were involved? Because we know universities at this point were involved in laundering that money. Yep. Why is it a per prior show I did? I've got four or five people operating in a Midwestern U.S. state that are basically uh, fronting for uh, Israeli intelligence. Now, again, to something I've said on the show a lot of times, if this was the 1970s or the 1980s, we might know a tenth of this from a book that we read that you know only had 100,000 copies. And Schaefer, who I mentioned a moment ago, I read his book. But I also read the opening that, that he included in that book where he said, um, be aware you're not reading, be aware you're not reading my actual book, that the original release was purchased by the Defense Department, and they bought up, they bought up all the copies. And the reason why they bought up all the copies was is because it wasn't so much that they had come across data uh, about the attackers on 9-11. That, that kind of was bad enough. It was the fact that uh, it was embarrassing to these service branches. It was embarrassing to a lot of parties that, once again, the government had created so many monitoring programs that a number of them had been successful. But in his book, Operation Dark Heart, what happened was is the uh, Defense Department like approved his publication. The book went out. <laughs> somebody read it. And the Department of Defense bought up all the copies. So the copy of the book you're reading that you could get on Amazon is a edited uh, or redacted copy. And Schaefer says that at the opening of, opening of his book. Now, he's cryptically said that most of the stuff that he was made to cut is out there. You can find it. But that's another classic example. So you've also got folks out there that are, are clinging to, their, to the few copies of the, of the book that weren't redacted. And, you know, how earth shattering is the content that's in there? I don't, I don't know. I didn't read it, but it's, it's like this, this topic matter we're discussing here. We are having more and more awareness of things than we've ever had. Yep. And we've got more and more people out there who independently are doing their best to research these topics and get to, we'll call it a form of truth. It's kind of like the, uh, the analogy I gave about the Saturday Night Live episode where the guy's talking to the angel and he says, what's the most incredible thing you know, you could tell him? And he's like, I can't tell you. You'd wink out of existence. You just couldn't handle it. Okay, fine. What's the thousandth most incredible thing you could tell me? <laughs> Professional wrestling is real. You're kidding. <laughs> I know, right? So you, you know, it's, it's the same thing here. It's a progressive process, folks. But, but, brilliant. but we're, we're getting there. Is real. Well, and it also it also reminds me of the scene from the movie The Devil's Advocate, where Pacino at the end of the movie is standing there saying, "I want the stench of what I'm doing down here to reach 
heaven and God has to come down here and deal with me. And that's that goes back to my analogy about the dam. There's so much stuff that's leaking out, some of which to many of us is just kind of like a shrug and okay, you know, but for the globalists, it's like, but that's a major thing to them. They get really emotional about that. And so, you know, as this year goes on, and, and uh, to quote John Wayne, God willing, and the creek don't rise, that, that we maintain our national power grid, uh, and we work our way through the supply chain problems, um, it will be interesting, I'll just put it that way, to see what else will be revealed uh, by, the, by the rest of this year. And in the remaining time we have, uh, uh, CJ and V, uh, other thoughts you guys have, commentary? Um, no, I have no comments. Uh, uh, CJ is a uh, Q. Q, do you have any comments here, Q? Oh God, stop! Well, <laughs> no, no, he put his name as Q. I'm calling him Q. God, oh, Q. well, you know, I just, you know, I just think it's important <laughs> to be, you know, be mindful. I'm sure you probably already discussed the the massive uh, internet outage yesterday that, you know, that occurred, and and you know, who knows what they'll attempt to uh to to accomplish in terms of uh, trying to warrant any type of, of escalation, but. You know, to me, that's one of those um, events that if they're able to do that and and uh, not as much impact as a as a you know nine eleven style uh, event. Uh, so for you know for those reasons, I think I just I just be mindful of that in terms of you know having having some cash and you know establishing you know you know communication uh, in case those those comms go down uh, some way. But you're right. I think these are very interesting times, and we just have to just continue monitoring it uh, each each day and. And uh, just prepare as we we navigate along. So make sure to be on our website, folks, and know know where that is. Get on Discord. Uh, we got a whole bunch of you that have been added. Uh, CJ, when when you were uh, we lost CJ a little bit here during the show. Uh, you've added what forty sixty new people just this week. That sounds Discord. about right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got a whole. I've had a couple of people reach out to me on on uh, Discord. I do I do my best, folks, to respond if you reach out to me on Discord. But uh, give me give me a minute if you don't hear from me for a few days. Um, oh, by the yeah, way, we real gotta, quick, why we're on the ahead. you're on the Discord channel. Just you know, I and again, I apologize. I get all the emails and thank everyone for for all the compliments in regards to what we're doing here at Rogue. I really appreciate every one of them, and I know I probably should take more time and and ex, and express that. However, when you're going through a lot of emails, it's easier just to send the link. But I did read the comments, and I and I appreciate the positive feedback. Uh, we really appreciate it, and um, so so don't think anything less if all you get is just a, a email back with a link. <laughs> Go ahead, Bellas. Oh my God, CJ, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, and thank thank you for that, CJ, because I know you were trying to take some vacation this week, and I had uh, a couple of you reached out to me and and had asked on YouTube, and and uh, I know CJ was trying to work through all that, so I hope. Hope that those of you that were trying to get into Discord have, and for those of you that are trying to navigate Discord, just uh, check the various hashtags going down the side. There's a number of different categories of information that's there, whether it's it's medals or international, and then there's a uh, hashtag for each of the major folks here on on Rogue, whether it's Harley, myself, um, and per CJ's comment last week, uh, for any of you who'd like to post something in Gus's section. Uh, you're more than welcome. The likelihood that Gus himself is going to respond is kind of kind of limited. Um, and we will have Gus back next week, gents, uh, barring some sort yep. of. Okay, cool. Absolutely. I'm good right, on folks, my end. Yeah, what? No, I said I'm good on my end. All right. Folks, thank you all for listening in. Harley Schlanger is next with Hanging with Harley. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. Real quick on that, V. I don't, I don't think Harley's um, responded 
uh, oh. to, to my emails in regards to uh, today. Let me let me refresh my email real quick. And sure. no, he has not. So I emailed him earlier the day. I I can't recall if he's on vacation or not. He he might yeah, be. Yeah, I think he mentioned something about that. Yeah, yeah. Week. I think I think he did. So, but if yeah. something changes, uh, we will post it in the Discord and let everyone know. That's yep. that's all I have. All right. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Enjoy your weekend.